A huge thank you to The Georgia Strait for recognizing the Voted Least Likely podcast. We have been ranked the third best podcast in Vancouver. This show started just over a year ago, and I am blown away with the positive feedback I've gotten from it. Um, I started just assuming I'd be talking about failure to nobody, to be honest, and the fact that my story has resonated with you and that has made you feel less alone has exceeded all of my expectations. That really was the goal, to make you feel less alone on your journey. And the funny thing is that this experience has in turn made me feel less alone. So a huge thank you to everybody who voted and a gigantic thank you to the Georgia Strait for recognizing the show. And I cannot wait to share what is next for us. This just gave us such a boost. Um, I'm very excited to see where we're going to go with this. And I'm so honored to have you on the journey with me. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. Okay, this is going to be an embarrassing one. I posted online that one year I spent $100,000 on my business and I made 80000 I shared this because there's a lot of confusion around finances in business and we rarely see behind the scenes online. There is no shortage of people talking about making six figures and I get wrapped up in that too. It looks really great. It's seductive. And the way it is portrayed online makes it feel like it's a fairly seamless process. So to level the playing field, <laughs> I'm going to tell a story of the year I spent $100,000 on my business and I made $80,000. Because as cringy as this is, and as embarrassed as I am about this gigantic flop of a year, I think this is happening more often than we realize. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 
5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. So here is the rundown. There were several things that led to this loss. It was in 2021, so it wasn't actually that long ago. We weren't in the height of the pandemic at the time, but things were still very uncertain and there were still restrictions in place. The year prior, in 2020, when everything shut down, I had pivoted completely online. Since there were no in-person events, I took my jewelry brand, Leah Yard Designs, completely online. And that's a big deal because in-person events were a huge source of revenue for my business. With this pivot, I had to really think outside the box for new designs. I had found a new manufacturer who I absolutely loved, and I started designing jewelry pieces that had more meaning. 2020 was a difficult time, and I wanted to create designs that could empower people. I wanted people to feel good when they're on their Zoom calls or be able to buy a gift and send it to someone they couldn't visit, but I wanted it to have a deeper meaning. So I doubled down and focused on creation and intentional design. 2020 financially was a great year. Local support was strong. Most small businesses felt a boost from their community. Everybody was really trying to support the underdogs during this very uncertain time. And I thought, like a lot of small businesses, that this would keep up. But after the initial boost of support, things went back to normal as far as people's buying habits. People will inevitably go back to what is most efficient and cost-effective. And small businesses can't compete with Amazon. This is not a jab at anyone because we did the exact same thing at home. You go back to habits. We supported a lot of local, local places and we still do. But we rely on Amazon for a lot of things. The convenience of that brand can't be denied. So heading into 2021, I felt as though I had a stronger backing for my business than I actually did. And here's something a lot of businesses struggled with during the pandemic. It skewed our data in such extreme ways. It was very hard to make practical decisions. So in 2021, I had a warped understanding of where things were headed financially. I felt more confident to take risks because I thought I had a stronger footing than I did. So after working with a new manufacturer, I was really excited to see what else I could bring to life. I had been very successful with these new designs. I had a lot of new ideas and new ideas in completely different fields. They were still on brand, but they were kind of jewelry adjacent. <laughs> so it was exciting. I had more time to really focus on design. And now that things were running behind the scenes, I wasn't at events. So I just had more focused time to really go deep on new products. So early in that year, I started working on some bigger out of my lane products. You probably know where this is going. <laughs> I jumped into new production in an entirely different product category, and with that came a lot of mistakes. 
I didn't know the materials, the terminology, production and importing processes, all that kind of stuff. I had some great ideas, but starting a brand new product line is wildly expensive. With sampling and redesign, it ended up costing a lot of money. In the end, there were manufacturing problems and I ended up with boxes of product that was not what I had originally designed. So I still have hopes that I can make this thing come to life one day, which is why I can't go into too much detail. But I can say it was an outrageous amount of time and money that went nowhere. So this was one way I started to lose money that year. The next way was that I had another separate product line started that was going well. But here's the mistake. It was going well, so I invested heavily in inventory. Inventory management is something I struggle with. And it's one of those things where I can see the through line to my childhood. I joke about how entrepreneurship is personal development 101, but this is why that is exactly true. Many of you know, I lived with my family on a lighthouse island where food and supplies were brought by helicopter once a month. So you had to stock up on food and supplies. And my family continued to live with this mindset. And for that, I am so grateful. I mean, I come from a house where we never worried about not having food in the house. Everything was bought in bulk. The biggest, most cost-effective size of everything. And even when I moved out and lived alone, I did the same thing. It was ingrained. And being fully stocked is great. But I let this mentality trickle into my buying cycle on a brand new product. It was doing well, so I bought it in bulk. And then I sat on that inventory for months, losing money on it. Those were the two main incidences that caused the initial money loss. But the main thing that nudged me over into spending $100,000 is that I didn't track my finances. Those two mistakes were a big chunk. But throughout the year, I had the blinders on. Again, I was working with skewed data in an uncertain time, and it was very much just a throwing pasta at the wall type situation. I ended up getting in trouble, and I could have avoided this had I held myself accountable throughout the year. So, it's a slippery slope, but here is what losing $20,000 taught me. First thing. Do not ask your ego for help. We get wrapped up in the emotion of design and selling a product we're excited about. If you're a creative person, you've got that passion when you sell something. But sometimes we push things that just aren't working. I've designed lots of pieces in my jewelry career that I think are great, but they just don't sell. And if you let your ego take charge, your stubbornness can get you into trouble. Then when something sells well, it's easy to make assumptions about that. This is part of business. You have to take risk on new designs. Every season I launch a new collection and I hope it goes well, but you can't let your ego make the final call. I didn't do enough research before jumping into production in a new field and I let my ego cloud my judgment and I started making decision, decisions based on what I thought should sell well instead of actually looking at what was selling well. Embarrassing, I know but it's part of the deal. The second thing is stay in your lane. 
As a creative person, I am passionate about new products and expanding my brand, and it's great to have long-term goals. But I think we can collectively agree that jumping into a brand new industry during a global pandemic is probably not the best time. It's great to have ideas cooking, but stay in your lane until your foundation is solid. Prior to COVID, Lear Designs was trucking along great, but 2020 devastated a lot of what I had built initially, so that's when I should have just been focusing on rebuilding, not rebranding. Third, track your numbers. I am guilty of this, and I still struggle with it. I've touched on the money mindset issues I'm really trying to work through from my childhood. I still have a lot of fear around money. Looking at the progress, especially when I knew I was starting to go into the red, I didn't want to see it, so I didn't look. But trust me on this, looking is far less scary than avoiding it until later. Dive in, feel everything you need to feel when you see it, grieve if you have to, but face your finances. You will learn so much from what the hard data will show you, and you might be pleasantly surprised. The fourth thing I learned was do not make quick decisions on long-term projects. Let things play out. There's no rush. When it comes to inventory, you can sell out of stock. That's fine, and that's not always a bad thing. This year, I've been much more conservative with inventory, and it's actually streamlined my seasons. It's also created buzz around new items. Leah Yard Designs is a small batch jewelry brand, so our community is excited and more engaged when we launch new products because they really are limited. The last thing is do not compare your numbers to any numbers you see online. I mean, don't compare anything to anything you see online, but especially money. The first time I did an in-person event, a fellow vendor was boasting about making $70,000 in her business the year before. And I thought, well, shit, I should quit my day job and just do this full time. And as silly as it is, hearing that was kind of the little nudge that I needed. In hindsight, I'm pretty sure she was talking about sales, not revenue. So with that kind of logic, in 2021, I could have gone online and talked about how I was making $80,000 that year, which is true, I guess. I did pull in that amount in sales, but the real truth is that it cost me $100,000 to make that. Most people who talk about finances online have an intention as to why they are doing that. It's not necessarily a bad intention, but there's motive behind those posts. And without seeing the inside of someone's business, you have no idea what their financial situation really is. This financial loss for me, losing $20,000, was heartbreaking. I felt ashamed. I still feel shame around it. I hesitated about even publishing or recording this episode. It's embarrassing. It's a big loss. And it was all because of bad decisions I made. It was my fault. But the thing about failure is you learn so much. The way I manage inventory, how I design, what I design, how I invest in my business, this has all changed because of that one terrible year. 
it really is $20,000 worth of education. I couldn't have learned any other way. I needed the reality check. That was two years ago. And although I continue to make mistakes, we're on track to have our best year at Leah Yard Designs for 2023. So if you feel like you're lost and financially struggling, please know that you can have a comeback. And remember, failing doesn't make you a failure. Failing makes you educated. Get your numbers in check, get your ego out of the way, and focus on what you do best to build your foundation. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can. Judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.